You're listening to the Vancouver Mixtape on CJSF 90.1 FM Burnaby, campus community radio from Simon Fraser University, where we broadcast on the unceded territory of the Musqueam, Coquitlam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish. You can find past episodes of the Mixtape on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on cjsf.ca. I'm Jesse. Once again, a remote show for me and Jamie. And once again, a great interview coming to your ears. Jamie got together with Tom Perleski of The Wind Whistles to talk about, well, wrapping things up, making a return, and some real delightful folk-inspired, folk-rooted storytelling. So you're going to hear a bunch of talk between Jamie and Tom and some music mixed in, and then I'll be back around the end to show you some new tunes. Welcome to the Vancouver Mixtape here on CJSF 90.1 FM. I'm Jamie Sessford, uh, coming to you pre-recorded with Tom Perleski from The Wind Whistles. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Jamie? I'm doing pretty, pretty good considering the times, but I feel like I've started all my interviews over the last three months like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, everything is good considering but um on the whole i think that things are, are, are good on my end um they're made even better by the fact that the wind whistles are are back um and you folks are are gearing up for a record yeah sort of back it's sort it's of back. Kind of this really funny awkward thing that i have a really difficult time uh explaining or or framing it's kind of hard to be like hey we're back to say goodbye <laughs> 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 but it, like, sincerely, I'm really excited to, to do that. It's not like it's not like uh, in any negative way. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this album. Where I know Liza is also. We we talked about it quite a bit, and yeah, we're really kind of stoked to get this out. And it's kind of our it's our best album yet, I would say. But I mean, that's for others to judge. But <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I, uh, and I'll, I'll certainly gl- uh, not gloat, but gush about it uh, as as we go on because I've listened to the record and it's truly beautiful. Like you, you folks did a really great job on this album, and um, I think the fact that you you kind of um, brought it in with the context that is a farewell album kind of like really makes it a lot. Uh, a, a lot more emotional from the listener's point of view, but we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll catch on that in a sec. Um, but just to, to give a little context to our listeners, um, Wind Whistle, if you've been listening to the show since 2012, um, you'll recognize the Wind Whistles as a band that we have played very heavily at the beginning of the show. And then as we've kind of gone over the years, we always find time to work in wind whistles songs but you folks haven't actually been active uh and like playing shows and releasing music since i think 2010 right that's right yeah it's been a long time i mean but like this whole album's been in the works kind of behind the scenes over the bulk of that time i think we started production in 2013 not to say that we're like every week you know going hard it's been on the back burner for a bit but on the flip side, it's it's really given a lot of space for reflection, really, to really think about what it all means and what it's all about. And um, 
you know, for me, it's this, the whole thing's taken on a lot more depth than any other album I've, I've ever worked on. So, so I guess considering that, I guess the six, six plus years that it's, it's kind of been uh, uh, in development, have you found that the songs have benefited from, from having that much time to, to kind of marinate? Um, or have you like, have you, were there songs that didn't make the record? Is there just like, how, how did that time, pro, uh, that time period affect uh, the end result for you folks? Well, for one, um, like early on, um, having more time allowed us to make more decisions of which songs could be added to flesh it out. Because then it, it became a concept because Sail Away the whole concept of sail away is to say goodbye to all your loved ones, to leave, to never return again, which is really kind of trippy for, for me because I never thought that I would actually do that because <laughs> we the, the album was written and then several years later it was like, okay, Vancouver, goodbye. And now Liza's doing the very same thing on Saturday. So <laughs> it's like, okay, like it's kind of weird how life imitates art later on and there's there's a few things on this album that were sort of like written before they happened it didn't i didn't really see them happening and then they happened afterwards which is kind of kind of crazy um but okay back to your question later on so like i've obviously like i'm the one who produced this album so later on in in, in the last kind of year or two of it i would spend a lot of time listening to to the mixes late at night and I'd be falling asleep and making, like, writing down mixed notes pretty much every night. And then I'd come back and do them over again. So all of these songs have had hundreds, if not thousands, of revisions. So that's kind of, that's kind of insane. Like, you don't need to go that far. But I had the luxury. <laughs> so, like, I had no deadline. It's not like we need to get back on the road. So I'm like, I'm just going to keep going until, until, uh, I'm happy and then I get ideas for string parts and other other musicians I want to bring in and it's just like you know I ask my wife can you come and play piano here can you play trumpet here like it just built and built and built till it was like okay this is exactly what I want to hear now has that always been I guess the the, the dream writing process for for you and Liza or is it uh, has it been something a little like how how is it different from from writing those first couple records? Well, it it kind of isn't. Like honestly, I'm the principal songwriter. Um, in at on the tour after uh, Animals or People Too, um, we kind of tried. Like, there's one song, the, the Harvest, on this album where I'm like, Hey, Liza, you write the lyrics. I hear the, the song and. The, the, the melody we were actually on tour at the time and she sat down and she wrote the lyrics and so the idea was to get more more collaborative but it that was like one of kind of our sticking points over the years that just didn't really manifest so yeah um it's it's all all kind of been been my writing and i would say that over the years i'm kind of getting i'd like to say i'm, I'm getting more collaborative but i'm i'm the older i get the more impatient I get and the more like I have very specific ideas and a vision for what I want. So more and more, I just tell people what to do. So I don't well, know. It's, I, yeah. 
it it seems like on on this record um maybe more so more so on the previous one more so than the pre previous ones um that you've really utilized like your arsenal of friends to to help you round it out a little bit um could you maybe talk about that a little bit well i'm i'm incredibly blessed to know a lot of really excellent people um i generally choose people because I like them <laughs> not because they're like like some insanely like crazy good musicians not that they're not everyone's really really talented but I'm not like not like getting like freaking Hollywood session players out it's all people that are first and foremost really good friends of mine that I care about greatly so I'm not really sure how else to what else to say about that <laughs> Uh, one of the things, I guess, speaking of, of, of friends and other musicians, um, you've had your hands in, in a variety of projects, especially a lot of projects we've played on this show, whether that's uh, Hermetic, Greenbelt Collective, um, or, or Bad Fate. I know Liza was in Bad Fate, too. Um, like, how has, I guess, years of helping others create their records influenced how you create your own records well it's for sure like a boot camp of production right so the more you work on other people's albums just your skills just get better and better and better so when it comes time to do your own album it's like okay well i've just did you know eight albums since i the last album that i did for myself so now it's like okay now i've learned a bunch of things i've got a few more tricks and tools up my sleeve and then it's then it's easier and better um it's a little faster i would say though when you work on your own album you kind of have an idea of what you want um there's no compromising you're just like i'm just going to do the thing i have planned versus when you work with other people you have to kind of you have to figure out what it is that they want because really they're the boss you're not the boss you're there to realize their dreams not your own so it's been it's been a lot of fun i've been like so many so many albums under my belt now and it, it's been it's been amazing it's really, really great are you are you hard on yourself when you write and produce your own music versus that my hard on myself um only when i don't pull off the thing i want to pull off only when like i'm only hard on myself when i like when i don't execute what i what i have in mind um but i find a way to get there and sometimes there's even surprises. Sometimes like, oh, wow, like, I didn't expect that to happen. And there's also been really great experiences where, you know, for instance, my, my best friend, Dan, um, you know, I got him to write, like, come up with electric guitar parts for Family Anthem. And then he came in and was just like, oh, wow, this is incredible. And then we worked together to make it even better. better. So it's, you know, it, I generally love working with people. You know, I give them an idea. Uh, sort of some limits and then they come in and they they bring something really special to the table. Those are amazing. Those are my favorite moments actually. Um, now I, I want to go back to to the discussion on on how long this this record is has kind of been marinating and, and developing over the years, especially now that it's you've kind of packaged it as the as a farewell album. Um, now for for me, that very much colored how I listened to it. Are, 
are you concerned or is it important to you that it's uh, that that's how people are going to listen to this now? Is it's going to be a goodbye album? Um, and maybe that makes it, I don't know, maybe it brightens some of the, the emotions that you have on it. Well, you know, it's, there's definitely, it's a definitely a sad album. Um, I sent it to my friend Warren, who's, who, who is the Derby Beat, which is an, a really awesome project that I'm, that's actually the, the album I'm going to be mixing next. And I hope people remember that name because that's going to be absolutely awesome because you already released one thing way back in the day and we were all so blown away by it. It's kind of interesting because the Dirty Beat, sorry, I'm getting off track here, but the Dirty Beat, because of how good the Dirty Beat sounded, we hired Jacob, Jacob Mullen, who produced the Dirty Beat, to record our first two albums. Really? Yeah, for sure. Okay, but um, so back to Sail Away. It, yeah, yes, it's, an, it's a sad album, but for me, it's also a celebration. It's kind of like how I think about death. Like, it's not... You, it's not like boo hoo hoo. Let's all feel bad. Like no, yes, there it's there's grief and there's sadness, but it's let's celebrate all that that was right. So it's it's meant to be that. But I also don't like I don't want people to to accept it like to write the wind whistles off. There's still unreleased songs that are going to be coming out. I'm still going to be playing this music live with my either by myself or maybe under my new one of my new projects called Tprill or maybe even under the wind whistles, like nothing's really off the table. Like me and me and Liza are good friends. We just live in different cities. Right. So perhaps one day, maybe we might be able to play songs live again. Um, she, she's been a, a bit away from playing music lately. So who knows? Um, but there's new projects coming up. There's a bunch of other stuff. There's like, even though this is a farewell album, I'm kind of ramping up myself to really get back in the game. So after, after this album is out, Inner Outer is going to be out. So that's going to be early 2021. And like the first album, I'm deep into mixing it. I just need to finish mixing and mastering. That's done. The second album's all written and half recorded. So it's like, I'm already a, a bit ahead and there's, um, and this Sail Away album, um, I'm actually, doing this deep dive for every song. So I'm, I've been making music videos for every single song on the album and, a, and an explanation of what it's about. And I even like list all of the microphones that are used on every track. Like um, what I'm hoping is going to happen now, uh, and I'm just about to launch this, is I'm hoping people are going to sign up for my mailing list and then they're going to get this a deep dive to every song on this album, like sent to them every second day. And they're really gonna like get to experience um, what this album is really about and also see a lot of really interesting creative videos around it. So yeah, I'm really pumped on it. Um, I'm kind of proud of all the, all the little things I came up <laughs> around this album. So we'll play the first single off of Sail Away. That's Wave of Emotion. You're listening to it here on the Vancouver Mixtape.
That was Wave of Emotion by the Wind Whistles. You're listening to it here on CJSF 90.1 FM. This is the Vancouver Mixtape. I'm Jamie Sessford. I'm talking to Tom from the Wind Whistles. Uh, we're talking about this brand new record that is scheduled to come out in September, correct? Yes, September 3rd. September 3rd. And of course, the Wind Whistles were a, a formative band for this, this radio show. So it's, it's certainly... Um, uh, cathartic for me to be chatting with you about this record considering so much of the Wind Whistles music informed the early days of this show um, but uh, there's a lot of places I wanted to go after our last question where we were chatting about kind of how you had the visual aspect to it um, as well as like having the deep dives in, in all of those songs it, are those kind of deep dives something that you've done uh, as a as a as a companion piece to your music before, or is this is this totally unique to you? This is the first time I'm doing it, and I think it's the first time I've been able to do it because I've spent so much time um, with these songs, um, and I've really personally. So earlier we were chatting about how like these songs were written in really a really dark and difficult time. So there, some of these songs on this album hit really, really close to heart. Like there's even one song we were very trepidatious about even including it. We were like, should we put it on? That's, it's a little too personal, but um, you know, as they say, should be vulnerable and stuff. And so <laughs> it made it on. So a lot of these songs um, on this album really hit super close to home. And on top of that, I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about what they're all about and what, what they mean to me. And then there's the whole overarching concept of saying goodbye to all your loved ones, which every song takes on a meaning. I even went as far as to really think about, like, you know, even, you know, how this, con how this album from, you know, Wave of Emotion kind of almost follows the phases of life from like being born to realizing your limitations being affected by family and then you know uh and then um uh, what's it called uh revolting against that and then finding yourself and then and then it, losing yourself and then in the end in the end it all comes back to like we're a symphony where it's just like at the very end it really comes back to community where you kind of return back to the source so, I mean, I didn't, I was going to include that kind of concept in the deep dives. I decided to take it out. It's a little too, I don't know, it might be a little bit too out there, but it, but it still goes really, really deep. Um, so to answer your question, yeah, it's the first time and I'm not sure if I'll be able to do it again, actually, do, do something really that um, clear. I mean, like, I can understand that. Um, because a lot of it is extremely, uh, like it, it's a kind of vulnerability that us as, as music fans don't really get from the artists that are making this, this kind of music. Like I think at the best of times, we just kind of assume that, that the art that we're consuming is, is coming from like a vulnerable and, um, like a, a place of meaning. Um, but to, to like really get the context behind some of these songs and, and to be honest, like in, in talking about the records in, in terms of, um, goodbyes and like death and, and, and endings and things like that, like it, we almost, we're, we're very much just like 
kind of going over very lightly how like how diverse the the spectrum of those kind of conversations are like you mentioned you mentioned family and like family anthem is a great example and you go into a really wonderful deep dive on it and just like the influence that the family has on you growing up and uh and how that changes the kind of person that you are and and how as you as a parent like how how much do you want to influence the the people that you're raising right yeah, I've actually, like, I. it was interesting at the end of, end of high school, my parents were like, what are you going to do with your life? And I'm like, make music. It's the only thing I've wanted to do since the age of 12. And they're like, that's not a job. That's not going to support a family. you got to find a real job. And I'm like, oh, man. And I'm like, okay, okay, I got it. I'm going to record music. <laughs> and really the hilarious thing about that is that the thing I learned in recording school is I'd rather be on the other side of the glass. Now I'm on both sides of the glass now, but it's still kind of what my parents should have done is been like, okay, you want to do music. Hey, how are you going to do it? Like challenge me to figure out how are you going to do it or sustain it financially? Right. Um, I mean, they were right. They were right. Like when we were on tour, I actually made a point of asking every single band, every single artist that we met on tour, I'm like, are you making money? And everybody would laugh. They're like, money? <laughs> no one's making money. <laughs> like some of the, like Madonna's making money. Nobody at our level's making money. So yeah, um, but I want to kind of, something, something you, you mentioned before, I, I don't really want to steal the interview, but you were, you were talking about like songwriting and meaning behind it and stuff. And it's, um, it's interesting. Like I, I, I watched Olaf Erikson, who's this like visual artist. Um, he was talking about ideas and how ideas form. And, and he says, when, when I first, an idea comes to me and I don't know what it is. Right. And I just, I have to feel it out and then by, by you have to explore it and figure things out. Um, and then eventually it starts taking shape and then I have to figure out what it is. And I think, uh, music writing can, can be similar. I mean, off like in my earlier years, I would just, it'd be just stream of conscience. I'd be just like, bam, it. like I still do that. Um, but it's often, um, it's way too easy to just do that. Just, just a bunch of stream of consciousness and then let the listener figure it out, right? And I think that's what most artists, most musicians do, and that's why it, sometimes there isn't that depth there. You're just like, okay, it's a cool song, I like the melody, and that's it, right? Um, and to have like actually really deep meaning, there are, there are songwriters out there that are able to write at that level where every single time they sit down, it's like so meaningful, so deep, and they, it's like, words that needed to be said that no one had had the guts to say but for a lot of us others here it's it's a it's trying to express music is trying to express a, a feeling that you can't put into words or have a really hard time putting into words yeah and i it it seems it seems like with this record uh you folks have have done a really good job of um of capturing those sense of feelings uh like I, I i almost feel like it's it's advantageous but also kind of a, like discredit to the record where you if the shorthand is to say uh like yeah it's a record about 
life and death and like endings and farewells and things like that. But there is a lot to be packed into just like those four descriptors that they, I think listening to the record evokes that feeling more than just like straight up saying it could ever be. So uh, I, I think you folks did a really great job in, in, in making a powerful and, and meaningful record. Um, and honestly, as somebody that's been waiting for a friggin' Wind Whistles album for, for like over a decade, like you guys absolutely knocked it out of the park. And I'm really, really happy that you, you guys came back with the, this, with Sail Away. It's, it's really scratching the itch, you know what I mean? <laughs> Thanks so much. It's too bad we're not gonna play this. Well, I mean, I'm, I might play some of this live. It's too bad that we couldn't like, be a band to really kind of go the next level with this because this yeah it, I also I also for me it's really special and and it would have been it would have been a dream to stage this at some point yeah I'm sure you, I'm sure you could have made like I, I think it's it, it seems like the kind of record that would translate in both like a really scaled down and like really large uh, like like a setup. Um, yeah. and it could, it could go either way, really. Um, now we, you mentioned as well with the, the, uh, sending out the mail list, um, with kind of those companion pieces about the songs. You've also been doing heavy visual work for a lot of the songs on the album too. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, yeah, I, I, I kind of wanted to, this, the whole experience to be, um, fully immersive, right? So I wanted to, to create a video, like a music video for every single song, so that it it really, you know, it's you're not just listening to something; you're also seeing things. It it just makes it makes the whole experience far far richer, and you really kind of get it, right? I mean, imagination's awesome. Uh, I've spent most of my life listening to music and using my imagination, but uh, when there's when there's some when there's something accompanying it, it really can take it to the next level. So that's. For me, it was it wasn't it wasn't an even it wasn't even a decision to ponder. It was like it, it was obvious that I wanted to do that, so happy to have done it. There you go. Um, now, I, I guess this is the point where you you plug plug the record, I suppose. But if there's any other things that that people should be looking for online, whether it is the visuals or how they can access the mail list, um, where should they be going? Well, the windwhistles.com would be like a pretty central hub to get all the goods. And that, and obviously you can, you can sign up there. And even though this is the, the last album, um, this is not the end. Um, I kind of, it's kind of funny because I've always been into kind of more, I shouldn't say heavier, like my musical taste is across the spectrum, but I've always made more kind of like, alternative rock or heavier type of music and uh, when the wind whistles came about I, like I was in this super intense band called the nature of things where I was mostly just screaming <laughs> um, and I at the time like oh I should I want to finally invest in a, a good acoustic guitar so I bought an acoustic guitar that was like really super quality turned out it was like a pre-war Martin style guitar which is like a bluegrass style guitar and a funny thing happens when you get a, a new guitar, it like new material starts popping out. So all of these like rootsy kind of country Western songs started popping out. And because I was in such a heavy band, 
it was kind of funny to me. I'm like, oh, this is really a funny contrast. Like on one hand, I'm screaming here and here I'm doing like twangy kind of stuff. Um, so for me, it was kind of a bit of a joke at first and then it sort of evolved. And then like part of the reason why we hired a producer for our new, new album is because I didn't even know if it was any good. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if I like this. Right. <laughs> but it caught on. And then ever since that first album, I've been trying to steer things back to my like alternative rock love. Right. So I've been kind of, and, and i I will say that Sail Away, like I'm actually, it might be the first Wind Whistles album that I, I can fully endorse and be like, yeah, like I would listen to this. <laughs> but having said that, this is not like the end. Like I'm going to be, there'll be more stuff coming out. So if, if people are signing up to, to, the, to the mailing list, yes, they're going to get a deep dive. But then there's Inner Router will be coming out. t Pearl's going to have, like I still write folky stuff. It's still good. It's just going to be under a different name. Um, Maybe the wind whistles might come out with something else, but at this point, it's not even on the horizon. So I don't want to get people's hopes up. It's not like you know, it's not like a one of these bands where we had like this super toxic, you know, fallout. And no one's talking to each other. No, we're all good buds. It's just it's not like uh, physically practical to to do this band. Um, so so yeah, so there's a lot more coming up, and it's, and if people do like the wind whistles, there'll be more of that kind of stuff coming up. So. That's another reason to be part of it. Um, also, I'm fairly open and collaborative. If people wanna, if people wanna pitch ideas or or work together on stuff. That's always fun. So, yeah, there's lots of reasons to to, to get in get in contact. And if you think it sucks, just unsubscribe. So, <laughs> thank you so much for for taking the time to chat with me. It's great catching up and. Uh, I Congratulations on the record. Thanks. I also want to say, first person who gets in touch with you, uh, I'll send them an album. Hell yeah, you heard that here first. Oh, wait, but thanks again, Tom. Uh, this is Church. You're listening to it here on the Vancouver Mixtape. Um, it's going to be the next single from the Wind Whistles, so keep your eyes out on the internet for the video, and that'll be coming up soon.
Church by The Wind Whistles. Uh, before that, you heard Tom of The Wind Whistles chatting with Jamie for a while. It was nice. Good chat, good chat. And very excited to hear the new record, the rest of it, once it's out there. Coming up next, going to turn to some new music from friend of the show, former music coordinator here at CJSF, Kata Yoon has released a couple new tracks under her Puzzlehead moniker. This one is called Rocky Song.
Universe 25 by Rainout. Yet another baseball-themed band here in the Vancouver independent music scene. Following in the cleats and high socks of the Isotopes, Jamie would be proud if he were here. Of course, just me here on the mixtape on CJSF 90.1 FM. You can find episodes where there are both of us talking to each other, either remotely or actually back when we were allowed to be in the same room together on cjsf.ca, but also on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. You know, you out there, you know that I am a sucker for long, ambient, experimental electronic projects, so that's what we are going to get next. Programmer is an album by Corbin and it's an exploration of the obscure but iconic sound of the Sultan Programmer 24 synthesizer, the ultimate Italo disco machine. So I obviously saw that and saw the seven-minute track length and immediately dove in. It's a slow build, but it's definitely worth it, and uh, once you're in, there's no turning back. So enjoy this, the first track off of the upcoming four-track record out September 4th, on Pacific Rhythm, and I'll be back after. This is An Eye for Eye.
Well, that's it. That's all of the Vancouver mixtape. As I said, that was An Eye for Eye by Corbin from the upcoming record Programmer. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vancouver Mixtape. Thanks to Tom from The Wind Whistles for popping in with Jamie and having a chat. Make sure to check out their upcoming record, Sail Away, as they return to do just that, Sail Away off into the sunset. I'm Jesse. Jamie will be back sometime. I mean, he was here this time, but he'll be back, back. We'll be back together again. Maybe. Who knows? You can find us on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud, or at cgsf.ca. Either way, we'll be back next week. See you then.